Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Proudly sponsored by B. Braun, a world-leading provider of healthcare solutions. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to this week's Show Me The Science podcast. Now, another request has come in, and I love requests because it means people are listening out there. I'm not on my own. Um, this request came in. Someone asked me to talk about milk. <laughs> I can hear you laughing. What is the science of milk and why is it interesting at all? Well, it's very current because, as I will come on to, guess what? If you have the vaccine for COVID-19, your immune system makes antibodies and the antibodies go into the mother's milk, protecting the baby. Now, we've known about this actually for years that antibodies can transfer into milk, but it's all the more relevant with COVID. That, that's why this uh, very nice listener asked me to talk about the science of milk and I'm going to come on to the COVID bit. Uh, it's hard to avoid COVID, isn't it? This is mainly not COVID, so don't tune out just yet. But I will come back to COVID towards the end. So milk, let's look at it. Well, if you're a biochemist like me, and my training is originally biochemistry, you're fascinated by the chemistry of life. And it turns out milk was an easy biological thing to study because you could collect it, obviously, from cows or from humans or any animal, really, and then study it and ask, what is in milk? And we know an awful lot about the composition of milk. And this has relevance to things like formulas and cow's milk versus human milk and all kinds of things. And it's a very active area for research, actually, to see about, you know, the best way for a mother to feed her baby and his breast best, the famous line, or can we use formula in various ways? The answer is we can. Of course, it's not too bad a substitute. But still, an awful lot of science has gone into this most wondrous of liquids, I would call it. Now, what is it? Well, mammals, we all know this. Mammals are special. They make this very rich, special liquid to feed their young. And all mammals do this. And all mammals have the mammary gland. And the word mammal actually comes from mammary gland anyway. And you make this wondrous fluid, as I call it, full of all these riches. You know, protein, sugar, fat. It is the complete food for obvious reasons. Because all that the uh, nursing baby gets is milk. And imagine the biochemistry of this. The baby can suckle, take in the milk and use the milk to build its bones and its teeth and its skin and its hair. The only source of the building blocks for that baby's uh, development is in the mother's milk. It's a wonder machine, you'd call this, in many ways, where you bring in all these quite simple building blocks and turn them into all those complex parts of our bodies. It's a fascinating thing just in terms of the biochemistry of it. And, of course, uh, we know what it's made of. It's very rich in all kinds of things. It's called an emulsion. That's the chemical term for it. Another term we use is colloid. And colloids are these, I guess, uh, solutions that contain all these various things. Um, it's full of these globules, little, 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 uh, little globes. And the globes are full of fat because obviously the, the baby needs fat and will use the fat in various ways. Fat is a great source of energy. You can burn fat. And you can release the energy from fat and you make a thing called ATP. And the babies are doing that. They need loads of energy to build their bodies up in various ways. And you can use the building blocks in fat then to make all the various component parts of the body as it develops. It's also full of protein. Obviously, proteins are very important as a source of nutrients as well. And various what are called minerals. Now, by minerals, we mean things like, you know, things like iron. You know, various metals are needed and various vitamins are there as well. It's very rich 
in vitamin A, D, E and K. Those four big vitamins. And of course, they do various things in our bodies as well. You need vitamin D to build your bones. You also need vitamin D for your immune system, for example. And, and lo and behold, milk is providing that to the developing baby. There are 30 grams of protein per litre. We know how much protein is good. And again, you can see now where some of this would go if you ever want to make a food to take us to Mars. Say, you wouldn't go far wrong with making milk. And of course, you can dehydrate it and make it into a powder and add water, as we know. And it really is the complete food. I guess we see milk most of all now um, in things like chocolate. Milk, chocolate's a good source of nutrients, actually, for for grown-ups even. So milk is this wonderful stuff. The protein that's in it, if you're a biochemist again, we're obsessed with proteins, biochemists, actually. It's got casein. That's an important protein. Another one is called whey acidic protein, first isolated from whey. Remember, whey and curds were prepared from milk in various ways. But probably the really important one is called lactoglobulin. It's very rich in that. Now, these proteins have all kinds of things. You can use them as building blocks to make more protein in the developing baby, or they have various other properties, which I will come back to. Many of those properties actually are about keeping the immune system of the baby healthy. And that turns out to be a very important function for milk. And then one other thing that you would all know about, because you've all been brainwashed by the ads on the television, calcium. Very rich source of calcium. And you need calcium to build the bones and the teeth. And calcium does many things in the body, actually, so it's very, very important. And then the last component is sugar. And again, as you would all know, we need sugar in our diets. Uh, we burn sugar to release energy. Remember, sugar the energy in sugar originates in sunlight. Never forget that. Uh, plants absorb the sunlight uh, and they can make sugar from the energy in sunlight. And then the mother will eat that and now the sugar ends up in the milk and now the milk passes on to the baby. And different types of sugar, lactose, of course, lact being a great word here. That means milk, very rich in lactose, also rich in glucose and galactose. They're the three main sugars sugars that we see in milk and we know the proportions again great science here milk is 1.1% protein on average it's 4.2% fat and 7% lactose so it's quite rich in those sugars and this is important because you know pretty early on humans realized we're very clever aren't we we knew we could drink milk from other animals as a source of nutrients and of course cow's milk goat's milk sheep's milk early people began to use milk. Camels were a great source of milk, actually, as well, through human history. And the big question became, well, look, what's that milk like? Is it like human milk? And it's very similar. Cow's milk, it's very, very similar indeed. Slightly different percentages, you know, slightly more uh, slightly more protein in cow's milk, actually, than in human milk, but not a huge difference. And, of course, we can feed babies with cow's milk now, and it's not too bad as a substitute. Um, and the cow's milk has a bit less fat, so maybe cow's milk is, a, is less fat in terms of a mother's milk, say. But again, they're pretty equivalent and we don't really worry too much about the differences between them. And just in case anybody is worried about formula, of course, companies began to think, look, can we make a milk substitute? Uh, some mothers sadly can't produce milk for various reasons or it can be inconvenient. And there are loads of formulas on sale. They're very effective as well. And you can, you can feed a baby on formula as well. Uh, but of course, the big debate is, is normal human milk better? And of course, a WHO, that organisation that we all follow all the time, they've said it's advisable for the first six months of life to use to, to breastfeed the baby, if at all possible. And of course, you bond with the baby. And there are various things in the mother's milk that are slightly different to, say, formula or different to cow's milk. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. But still, it's not, nothing to worry about. You can use formula, you can use cow's milk, and, and the baby's fully nourished, basically. Now, um, a very interesting thing was uh, something happened during human evolution. It really was only designed for babies, actually, milk. And the reason for that was babies have an enzyme 
that can break down the lactose. It's an enzyme called lactase. And adults didn't have this enzyme. So therefore, if adults drink milk and they can't metabolise the lactose, the milk can begin to be a bit troublesome for them and they can get stomach aches and all kinds of things. But guess what? A few thousand years ago, an adult, there was a genetic change, and the adult kept making the lactase. And that was a very sort of advantageous thing for those adults because now they could use milk as a huge source of nutrients well into adulthood. Now, of course, we're talking about cow's milk and other animals, domesticated animals using those as a source of milk. And milk became a key nutrient then for adults as well. But only because some adults developed, or probably a single adult actually, uh, developed lactase and passed that on then through the generations. So we'll see many humans now, most of us, have lactase and we can drink milk well into adulthood and then break down all that lactose with no ill effects. And it's a very interesting quirk of evolution that some of us, have, that we evolved this trait of having lactase to digest all the lactose. And most modern humans have the lactase enzyme. Some, are, some don't have it and then they get a, a nasty reaction to milk because they can't break down the lactose. But the vast majority have that enzyme. Now, a second interesting feature, though, is early on then we began to realise we could use milk as a source of nutrients. And, of course, cows became a very important part of our history, not just for their meat and their their, their skin for leather, but also as a source of milk. Um, and then we began to be able to digest the uh, the uh, lactose in the cow's milk. But again, we, we figured out pretty early on we could process the milk. And that took technology. And humans began to turn it to cheese, for example. And cheese can last a lot longer. Uh, it doesn't go off as quickly and it became a great source of food for humans. Uh, some people think we only were able to move into northern Europe because we brought cheese with us as a source of nutrients. Because remember, when humans first moved into the northern parts of Europe, they, they, they couldn't do farming in those lands initially. They had to bring food with them. If you like their pack lunch, uh, it had lots of cheese in it. And cheese has less lactose. So therefore, in those early humans who couldn't digest the lactose, they were able to eat cheese and not have any ill effects. So we think cheese is actually a very important part of human evolution in some ways, and we could bring it as a as a source of nutrients as we moved through Europe. And that was thousands of years ago. And then, as I say, uh, eventually lactase emerges in adults, and then that begins to dominate as, an, as, a, as a survival advantage, because if you can use milk as a fuel, as a source of food, that would give you an advantage in all kinds of ways. And, and therefore, we're now descended from those people. Adults could then drink that milk. Now, a couple of more quick bits of technology for you, though. That's fascinating. Once humans began to drink milk in, in, in quantities, of course it would go off and they would come up with ways to preserve it, like, for example, yogurt and cheese and so on. And that, that involves bacteria, actually. Uh, the bacteria go in and they metabolize some of the components and then the milk doesn't go off as quickly. It's safe bacteria, I suppose you might think of it. So all that processing of food begins with milk being processed in various ways. But also, uh, the trouble is milk can spoil and can have nasty germs in it. And that's where pasteurized comes in. And Louis Pasteur himself, the French scientist, he began heating up milk. He actually began to heat up wine first, strangely, because again, wine can be can go off and go sour. And he realized if I heat it up a little bit without damaging the flavor, it can preserve wine. And then he switched to milk. Now, it turns out the ancients were warming up milk anyway to preserve it in various ways. But pasteurization became a common thing then to kill off the unwanted microbes that were in the milk and to decrease the risk of it spoiling. Uh, and what's happening there, by the way, is you're heating up the milk and killing off some of the enzymes in the milk that might make it go off. So pasteurization has now become a very standard thing to do. Um, and of course, it's not that aggressive. I mean, you don't heat it up too much, but you heat it up sufficiently to stop it going off and then stop it being a source of infection. And that became a very standard thing. But now I want to move on to the really important topic, I guess, of the moment. 
and that is uh, can what what's in the milk in terms of antibodies in terms of passing on antibodies into the baby and this is a big advantage to breastfeeding because obviously cow's milk probably wouldn't have many antibodies that are useful to the baby and formula doesn't have any hardly now there are some supplements that, that might contain various molecules like that but by and large the natural breast milk is rich in antibodies now of course this makes perfect evolutionary sense because the baby's born and the newborn baby its immune system isn't really active yet it takes a while for the baby's immune system to kick in and again that must be through evolutionary reasons the baby's too busy building up parts of its body and it waits till later for its immune system to really kick in and of course the mother will protect the baby from infection in all kinds of ways but guess what nature has built in a wonderful chemical antibodies in the immune system anyway and lo and behold those antibodies pass into the breast milk so what the baby's actually getting then is antibodies from the mother from all the infections that she has had and it's an active process Act, you actively pump antibodies into the milk and of course uh, the big question was covid and a nice study uh, from Israel actually because Israelis were kind of ahead of everybody else with their vaccination campaign they looked at pregnant uh, women who were nursing their babies who had had the Pfizer vaccine 84 women were looked at very closely and guess what all of them virtually 86% were very very positive for antibodies against COVID-19 in their milk and in fact really it was 86% plus or minus the vast majority had antibodies in their milk and the antibodies went up rapidly they, they vaccinated the women and then began to take samples of their milk. And lo and behold, very quickly they could begin to detect antibodies rising in the mother's milk. Two weeks after the vaccination, a single shot of Pfizer, the antibodies were very, very rich. Or the milk was very rich in the antibodies. By week four, there was loads of it. And guess what? They're still measuring these nursing mothers. These antibodies are persisting for months and months. Isn't that tremendous? So when the mother then feeds the baby, she's given that baby a shot of antibodies to fight COVID-19. What a tremendous thing. And of course, this tells us that the uh, pregnant women and women who've had babies should be vaccinated because it will confer on their milk this wonderful protective feature of protecting their babies. And they also have measured loads of things in mother's milk anyway. Even before that COVID thing, we knew we'd seen in other infections. You can pick up antibodies in, in mother's milk. And they've measured loads of things in mother's milk through the immune system, which, of course, is my specialty. And I've read all these papers over the years. Uh, there are 5 million white blood cells per mill of milk. So in other words, the mother's milk is churning full of white blood cells. And remember, these white blood cells will fight any infection. It's tremendous. So the, so the baby's taking in the troops, as well as the antibody weapons, is the first thing. And that's 100 times what you get in blood. So And blood, remember, is where your immune system is, and it's going around your body trying to fight the intruders. Milk, 100 times more troops. It's almost like as if a, a shot of milk is full of the army that goes into the baby. Very early on, and this is in the early days of immunology, actually. They find an enzyme in milk called lysozyme. This had been found in saliva already, and now it's found in mother's milk. That will kill bacteria. It's a great way to digest bacteria on contact. This is part of what we call the innate immune system that I, I specialize in. Loads of lysozyme in milk. It's fantastic. And, of course, remember there was always old wives' tales that uh, you could use milk to heal a wound. There may be something in that. A few little bit of milk onto a wound or a cut could speed up in and that, that's probably true. Nobody's done a systematic study on that, but I imagine it's, it, it's based on the fact that the milk is full of all this wonderful immune goodness. So there's something in that. you know. And of course, mothers who sadly, their nipples get damaged, a bit of milk can help that heal. And the basis is because the milk is full of antibodies and lysozyme and all sorts of good things to fight infection. Uh, in fact, the ancients used to use milk for eye infections. 
and again there must be something in all that as well now the last thing I want to mention a couple, couple of more quick things about this there's lots of other things in milk as well and interestingly as the baby gets older the milk composition changes and isn't that interesting there's a beautiful relationship there the baby needs certain nutrients as it becomes say six months or whatever one year old more fat is needed then because it's building up all its tissues in various ways so you can date actually the age of the baby based on what's in the mother's milk isn't that incredible and then it's also full of two other very important chemicals endorphins now, endorphins are natural painkillers, and we know milk is a very soothing thing for babies. They often feel great comfort from the milk, so you're giving your baby a little bit of a shot of something to make it feel less pain, I suppose is the way you would think of it. And then guess what? Melatonin. Now, what's melatonin? It helps babies fall asleep. So it's a great way to get the baby to have a snooze. Now, what's interesting is uh, the level of melatonin varies in the milk during the time of day. It's low in the morning. If you breastfeed a baby in the morning, you want the baby to wake up, I suppose. So there's less melatonin, like like in the in the mother's body anyway. And then at night, the milk is richer in melatonin. That will help the baby sleep. So wonderful. So built into milk then, you've got a, you've got a sleeping tablet, you've got a painkiller, you have all these great immune-enhancing molecules, and you have all the nutrients as well. Isn't that great? So it really is this wonderful, wonderful fluid and another great reason to breastfeed your baby is as follows guess what your body uses up loads of energy to make the milk because it's like you're a factory I suppose in some ways and you're making all this milk did you know uh, if you breastfeed uh, the amount of energy you need to make enough milk for a single day in a mother is the same as walking at pace for eight miles so every day you breastfeed, it's like you've gone on an eight-mile hike. Isn't that great? And because you're burning up fat in your own body, and it's a fantastic way, I suppose, to take exercise, if you see what I mean, is your body has to make all this milk in the first place. So for all these reasons, then, we think milk is the most wonderful of fluids. As I say, don't be too concerned if you're using formula or if you're using cow's milk either. That, that is fantastic, nutritious, and, and has some of the chemicals anyway. But yet again, the advice, if possible, is breastfeed the baby for the first six months and not only will it help your baby grow from all the nutrients it'll also protect your baby from any infection including COVID-19 so thanks for listening and uh, my podcast is available to be downloaded every Thursday and it's a News Talk production thank you very much Show Me The Science with Professor Luke O'Neill proudly sponsored by B. Braun saluting our frontline heroes for their outstanding commitment to the health of the nation 